We begin the Gemara on Davchav from Adalef, three lines from the top of the Yomad, where it says, Yibaya Lahu. The Gemara here is bringing an Yibaya based on Rabbi Kiva's opinion that we learned before. Rabbi Kiva says, a woman, a Saita, that refuses to drink from the waters of the Saita, if we see that when she's refusing, it's Machmas Beryusa. She's very, she's healthy, she's confident, she's calculated, she doesn't want to drink the waters. That's an indication that she sinned. It's as if she's telling us clearly, I sinned, I'm Tomei, so there's no reason to force her to drink the water. We know that she sinned. So Yibaya Lohu, based on Abkiva's opinion, the question now is, Amra Eini Shaisa, what's if what happened here is, she said, I do not want to drink the water, it's Yusa, and she's strong, she's healthy, she's confident. And then, V'chazar Amra Shaisa, when after that, she changes her opinion and she says, no, I'm ready to drink from the waters of the Saita. Shaisani, I'm ready to drink. Mahu, what's going to be the din? Do I say, because she originally said that she's not drinking and she said that very confidently and she's calculated. So, in essence, like Rabbi Kiva explains, she's saying that she's Tomei. We see that she sinned and that's why she doesn't want to drink the water because she knows what happens since she sinned. So, since she brought us clearly, that uh, showed us clearly that she is Tomei, that's what she's saying by saying that she doesn't want to drink. See, she can't retract from that. Right. So therefore, even if now she says, I'm ready to drink from the waters, we're not going to give her to drink. Or perhaps, now that she changes her mind, she comes and she says she's ready to drink from this water. Now she shows her intent. Now we can go back and see that really and originally, when she said she doesn't want to drink, it's because she was afraid. Even though she did not, maybe she did not sin, but she was afraid of the waters, even though she looked very confident and calculated, but the fact that now she says she's ready to drink, so that shows that she, maybe she did not sin, and before she didn't want to drink, only because she was afraid of the waters. Peiko, this remains unresolved. Omar Abu Shmuel, the father of Shmuel said regarding the waters of the Saita that the woman drinks, You have to place something bitter into the water. My time, what's the reason? The Omakra, the Pasik says, May Hamadim, that she drinks from the bitter waters. Right? The Pasik says, Because of us Allah Ayla Kaimba Sefo, Mocha El May Hamadim. You erased it into the bitter waters. Which means Shamadim Kva. The water is already bitter before you erase the scroll in it and before you drink from it. So that's why you have to put in something, some bitter herb inside of it to make it bitter. Ashi actually on Chumash says that it's called bitter waters because of the bitter effect it has. But here, our Gemara is dashing, modem kvad, that it's not only the effect, but we see that the water was bitter from before. So, this is going to continue here, addressing this halacha of forcing the woman, or a woman that refuses to drink from the waters of the Saita. If before the scroll was erased in the waters, Amra, she says, I refuse to drink from the waters. So what do we do? Megillasa nignezes, the Megillah, it will, will have to be hidden, shameless. Umechasa mispazeres ala deshen. And the carbon mincha that was prepared has to be spread out on the deshen and the ashes and has to be burnt there, like every mincha that cannot be brought as a carbon. The Megillah cannot be used to give for another Saita because the Tan of this Mishnah holds that the writing of the Megillah has to be written for this woman, so it can't be used for someone else. If the Megillah was already erased in the water, and finally she comes and she admits and says, I didn't have it, I'm Tommy. So now she doesn't have to drink either, because we know she's Tommy. 
the water is poured out, and the carbon mincha that can't be brought anymore is spread out and burnt on the deshen by the ashes on the side of the mizbeach. Nimchaka Megillah, if the Megillah is erased, the Amra, Aini Shaisa. She's not admitting, but she refuses to drink from the waters. We force her, and she has to drink from these waters, even against her will. Now the mission describes what happens to this woman. She doesn't finish drinking these waters. Her, her face turns, changes colors, becomes green. Her eyes bulge out. And her face, the veins come popping out of her face. The Hemaimrim and the Kain would quickly say, take her out from this area, she should not make the Azara Tami. If this woman has a merit, and we'll see later in the Gemara the merit of learning Taira, so then the <coughs> punishment of the Saita, the effect, would be suspended. Taila Now, Yeshchus, there's a Schus that's Taila Shana Achas. That would suspend it for a year time, Yeshchus Taila Beishanim, or two years, and Yeshchus Taila Gimel Shanim, or it could even be suspended for three years. From here, from the Salah of the Saita, Ben Azai said, A person is obligated to teach his daughter Taira, Shem Tishta. So if she drinks the waters of the Saita, Taida, she should see the Salah and know about the Salah, Shaschus Taila, that it's this chos that suspended the punishment, and she shouldn't think that the waters of the Saita don't work and they're not effective, but she should know the Salacha that it's just this chos that's Taila for her. Rabbi says that it's actually a negative thing for a person to teach his Torah Taira. A person that teaches his Torah Taira, he's teaching her something that will bring inappropriate behavior. Because the Taira puts into her chachma, puts into her armumias, which means she, she can use it out in the negative for sly behavior, and therefore she goes in tiflus, which means with inappropriate relationships. Rabbi Yeshua, Aymer Rabbi Yeshua says similar, he also agrees to this, Isha, a woman would rather have kav, a very, very little amount of food for herself, but vitiflus, but enough availability for her to have relationship with her husband, mites kaven oprishis. Then to have more, nine times as much time of food, but precious to be separated from her husband. So therefore, again, we see that he holds that it's not a good idea for to teach them Taita. Who are you? Now, before I just continue, we'll see about this more in the Gemara. I'll discuss it then. But the Rebbe spoke about this many times about the idea of teaching Taita and Bismanazeh. The Rebbe encouraged very much the women should learn Taita. For, besides the, the fact that this halacha and shochanarach, that the women have to learn the halachas, hatsrichis lahen, the halachas that they need to know. There's a lot of taita that they have to learn for all their halachas. And even bechlal, the idea of tiflos is not a concern today because anyways, there are so many different chachmas that girls and women are learning in secular studies that could cause them to be sly and therefore you might as well have them learn taita and to bring the kedusha of taita into them. Rabbi Shua also said as follows, Chassid, Shaita, a Chassid, he looks to be a pious man, but he's a Shaita, he's, he's acting in a foolish way, and the Gemara will describe what this means, that he harms himself, or Berasha Aram, a, a conniving, wicked man, also will explain, be explained the Gemara, and Ve'isha Prusha, a woman that is, is, is separating herself, we'll see in the Gemara what this means, Umakas Prushan, a person that uh, harms himself and uh, makes believe as if he's uh, separated and, uh, from the world and he, uh, he bumps into the walls and he tries to show himself as he's a modest individual and really he's not. 
These are all individuals that are making an appearance of being a chassid or bringing a tzaddik, and really they are not good people, and therefore they destroy the entire world. The Gemara is going to bring a halacha regarding the Saita, regarding writing the Sefetaita, which will be related back soon to our Mishnah. So Rabbi Yudha said, Oma Shmuel, the name of Shmuel, Mishum Rav Meir, and the name of Rav Meir. Kishaisi Lama Taira Eitzel Rav Akiva. When I learned Taira by Rav Akiva, Haisi Matil Kankantan Lutechad Yai. So he was a Saifa, he wrote Sefetaita, Mezuzit, Filin, and he said he used to put Kankantan, which is some kind of a black... Uh, Ingredient, some say like shoe polish. I think Rashi says this in one place that it's a kind of shoe polish, and he placed it into the ink. Now, what the, the, as we'll see soon in the Gemara, the effect of this concantum in the diyoy is that it does not this this ink on this parchment will cannot get erased. Now, Rabbi Kiva didn't uh, have any problem with this. Then when I came to Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel said to me, "Bni, my son, what is your work?" Amar I told him, Lavlarani, I'm a cipher. Amali, Bini, my son, have desire. Be careful with your work that you do. Shemalachtacha, Melechah Shemaim. Your work is the work of heaven. He. And Shemotachse, Oisachas. Maybe if you'll be missing one letter, Oitiyater, Oisachas. So you'll add an extra letter. Nimtes at the Machrev, as Kaloilam Kula. You can destroy the entire world. Rashi here brings the example, a Pasik in Yirmiyah, where it says, Vashemalakim, Emes. If you miss the Aleph of Emes, instead of Emes, it's Mace. Or if you add a letter in the beginning of the title, Beresh is Bar Alekim. If you add the letter of Baru, you use a plural term on the Eibishter. Amar Tiloi, Rav Meir, responded and said, Dover Echad Yeshli. There's one thing that I have, Shani Matla Teichad Yod, that I put into the ink, the Kankantem Shemai. And its name is Kankantem. That's what I do. Amali, Rabbi Shmuel heard this. He said, Vichimatilin, Kankantem Teichad Yod. Are you allowed to place the Kankantem into the ink when you write a Sefer Teireh? That you have to erase when you're using the parsha, the scroll, you write it for a site and you erase it in the water. It has to be a ksav that could be erased. So what Rashi explains here is, Rabbi Shmuel saying to Rabbi Meir, the, the parsha that's written for a Saita, you could even take from the parsha of the Torah and cut it out and use it for the Saita. But if you're going to write the Torah, the Saita Torah, including this parsha with this ink that cannot be erased, so then they're going to take from this parsha and they're going to put it into the water and it can't be erased. So you, so you have to at least that parsha write in such a way that it could be erased. Okay, so now this is based, we'll see soon in the Gemara. Rabbi Shmuel's opinion is based on the idea that the parsha that's used for the Saita does not have to be written Lushma. And that's the connection to the point that it said in our Mishnah, as we'll see soon. But here the Gemara explains, What is the conversation here between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Meir? It's not clear what, we, what he was telling him and what he was answering him. He told him that be careful not to add a letter or subtract a letter. And he answers him, I place concantum into the diyay. How is that a response to what he was telling him to be careful about? So the Gemara explains, This is what Rabbi Meir was responding to Rabbi Shmuel. No, not only when it comes to knowing the exact letters of the Torah, that what's a letter that's not supposed to be there, or a letter that should be there, that I'm very proficient and I know what I'm doing. But even to be careful, after it was written properly, but not to be afraid that maybe a fly will come and sit on the letter. And the Dilma Asiv Yasava Tagei the Dalit. And maybe, for example, by the letter Dalit of Hashem Echad in Shema. And it will sit there right over there at the edge of the Dalit. Umachikle. 
and the, the fly will erase that part of the Dalad, the Mashvil Eresh, and turn this Dalad into a Resh. And instead of Echad, it will read Achir. So even for this, I have something that I do to make sure that this, that this does not happen, that it will not get erased. So, but Echad Yashli, I have something, Shani Matlo Teichad Yoy, that I place into the ink, the Kankantim Shemai, and the name is Kankantim, that it should not get erased. This is the explanation of the conversation here. Okay, but now the Gemara brings another Braise that basically records the same story, but with an opposite order regarding who Rav Meir learned by. Aini, is this the case? Is this the way the story happened? But but Tanya, another Braise we learned. Oh, Rav Meir, Rav Meir said, that he first learned by Rabbi Shmuel. I placed this concantum into the ink. He didn't say anything to me. And then afterwards I came to Rabbi Kiva, Asra Alai, he said that I'm not allowed to place the concantum into the ink. Says the Gemara, Kashye, Shimosh, Ashimosh. The first question is, who did he learn Taitah from first? Who did he serve or sit by and learn Taitah first? So in the first price it says he was first by Rabbi Kiva, and in the second price it says that he was first by Rabbi Shmal. And Kashya Asra Asra. And there's also the contradiction, who is the one that told him that it's forbidden to place the concantum into the ink? Was it Rabbi Shmuel or was it Rabbi Kiva? So the Gemara answers, Bishloime Shimosh Ashimosh Lekashya. The question of who Rabbi Meir learned by first, Rabbi Kiva or Rabbi Shmuel, that's not a question. We can say that what happened was as follows. First he came to learn Taita by Rabbi Kiva. But Kiva the Motzi Ka since he couldn't understand the things that Rabbi Kiva was teaching, also Rabbi So then he went to learn by Rabbi Shmuel the Gamar Gemara, and he learned halachas. He learned to play in halachas. He needed more bekiyas. He needed to know more halachas by Rabbi Shmuel before he comes to the reasoning and the depth that Rabbi Kiva was teaching. And then Then he came back to Rabbi Kiva to learn all the reasons and explanations behind all the halachas that he now already knew and learned by Rabbi Shmuel. So therefore, he was by Rabbi Kiva, then Rabbi Shmuel, and then Rabbi Kiva, so both prices can fit. But Elo, Asra, Asra, but what's the story with Asra? Asra Kashia, who is the one that said that it's also to place the concantum into the ink when you write a Sefetayde? That remains a contradiction, says the Gemara Kashia. That remains a question, and we don't have an answer for this. You're always allowed to place kankantum into the ink when you write a sefer tefillin, mezuzah, chutz miparsha seita bulvad. Besides, in the sef, even in the sefer itself, when you're writing the parsha of the seita, you're not allowed to place that kankantum because you can take from the parsha in the sefer and use it for a seita and has to be able to be erased and the kankantum does not allow it to become erased. Rabbi Yaakov says the Gemara, Rabbi Yaakov says in the name of Rabbi Meir, Chutz mi Parshas that you could always place Kankantim even in the Parsha of Saita in the Sefer Teireh. That's not a problem. The Parsha of Saita that's written in the scroll for the woman in the Beis Hamikdash, there you can't place Kankantim because it has to be erased. My Binayu. So the Gemara explains what are they really arguing about. What they're arguing is, can you use from the parsha written in the Sefer Teireh to erase for the woman, for the, for the Saita? So if you can, so then that's the, that's the first opinion quoted here in the name that Rameya said. So if you can use it from the Sefer Teireh, so even in the Sefer Teireh, it has to be written in a way that it could be erased. 
But Rabbi Yaakov is saying, no, you can't use it from the Sefer Teireh. It has to be written Lishma. So therefore, in the Sefer Teireh, you can place Kankantam. Only in this Megillah Sefer in the Mesa Mikdash, there you can't place Kankantam. Says the Gemara, it seems that these are the argument between these Tanoim here, which are basically arguing whether it has to be written Lishma or not, is the same argument as the following Tanoim that also argue about this. Tanya, because we learned in Abraise, ein migilosa kishayra lahashkiz ba saita cheres. You cannot use the Megillah, the scroll that was written for one saita to give it to you drink for another saita. Rabachi bar Yeshia, Merabachi bar Yeshia says, migilosa kishayra lahashkiz ba saita cheres. Note the Megillah that's written for one is kasha to be used for another saita. So here we see the exact same argument. Does the Megillah that's written for the site and erased for her and then to give drink to her, to, to give to drink to her, does it have to also be written Lushma or not? Tanakama says that it has to be written Lushma and Rabbi Achibayeshi says that it does not have to be written Lushma. Seemingly the exact same argument whether you can use from the parsha the site that's written in the Sefer which also was not written Lushma, could you give it to, 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 to the, the site to drink? So the Gemara will give two answers here to explain that it's not necessarily the same argument. says, Dilme, perhaps, this is not, I can't compare the two, and I could say as follows. Why does the Tanakhama say over there that if it's written for one woman, one site can't be used for a different site? Once it was written for this specific site, her name is Rachel, for one specific woman, so it can't be used for a different woman. It's it's not It's written very specifically for one individual. It can't be used for another individual. But maybe the Tanakhama would agree that the parish of the site that's written in the Sefer is Tama, that it's written just stam. It's written part of the Sefer It's not written for any Sefer. It's just written stam. So maybe here the Tanakhama would agree that since it's not written specifically for one woman, maybe that could be used for a, a, a Sefer. So therefore, you can't compare these two cases. Rav Nachman has an opposite spot. Oh, but Rav Nachman by Yitzchak, Rav Nachman by Yitzchak says, no, you can't compare these two cases for the following reason. Maybe there's no comparison here. That says that the Megillah that's written for one site could be used for another site. So he only said it over there, Elbe Megillah. That's regarding this Megillah of the site that's written in the Beis HaMikdash, and it's written in connection to the site for the curse that it has to be taking effect with it. So yes, it's it's written for one specific woman, but at least it was written in connection to an actual site that the curse has to be used for. <clears throat> but... Even Avachah by Yeshia would still agree that the parasha of the Seite that's written in the Sefer Teireh, the Lehislam at it's just written to learn from it. It's not written in connection to the concept of a Seite at all. Hachanami Avachah by would agree that you can't use this for the Seite because it's not written in connection to any Seite at all. So there's no connection between these two arguments. But now the Gemara wants to understand Avachah by Yeshia's opinion. Lastly, does he not hold refined regarding Gaidishin as well? When you come to write a get. So there the halacha is Kosav Lagadashishtai. A person writes a get, Lishma, to divorce his wife, and then Vinimlach. He changed his mind that he does not want to divorce his wife. Now Matsay Ben Irai, a person in his city finds him and says, Vamalain, he says to this person, Shmikishimcha, we have the same name. 
And our wives share the same name as well. So why, and I want to divorce my wife. So can I use the get that you wrote for your wife? And then the so I should have to write a get again and pay someone to write. Let me use your get. So it's possible. Possible Gaddish, but you can't use it because, what does it say by the get? The costs have law. Say for Christus, you have to write it for her, the Shema. So the question the Gemara is asking, just like Rabbi Chabayashi agrees to that Allah by Gedishin, that the Torah says the cost of law, it has to be Lushma, shouldn't he agree over here as well? The Torah over here says also the Pasuk of Asa Allah, Hakayin, law means Lushma. So why here does he say that you could use from the parish of one woman, one site for another? So the Gemara answers that Omri, they answered, Hasam the cost of law, Rahmana. There the Torah clearly writes the cost of, that the writing has to be Lushma. So be in The writing has to be lishma. Hacha, but over here, take out the word nami because it's not nami. Here it's different. Hacha, but asala. The Torah just says you should prepare this. You should make this for her sake. Doesn't clearly say the writing. Da'asi does not refer to the writing. Da'asi refers to the erasing. That the erasing has to be lishma, but the writing does not have to be lishma according to Rav Achibayeshia. And the Mishnah described before she drink, finishes drinking the waters, immediately the effect of the waters are, can be seen on the woman. So the Gemara, Mani, according to who is our mission that says that you see the effect right away, Rab Shimini. This follows the opinion of Shimin, the Oma, as we learned in the previous Mishnah, in the beginning of this Padek. What does Rab Shimin say? The Oma, Makrivis Nechosa. First she brings the carbon Mincha, Vachakach Mashke. And then she drinks the water. The Kamad Le Karba Minchasa Le Botkilamaya. Because before the carbon mincha is brought, the effect of the water does not happen at all. That the mincha, this is the mincha zikara, and that brings that out the that she did. But if she did not bring the carbon mincha yet, it doesn't, the, the water that brings out the effect of the avera that she did does not happen. So this is according to Rab Shimon. But according to the other opinion, the Rabbanon that say that first she drinks the waters and then the carbon mincha is brought, so she drinks the water, but the effect of the waters is not until after the mincha is brought, then the, 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 what the Mishnah describes happens, that her face turns colors and so on. So the Gemara now asks, so we see that the, this part of the Mishnah is definitely Rab Shimon. But what does the Mishnah later say? That if she has a merit, so then the punishment would be suspended. Now that goes according to the Rabbana's opinion, not Rab Shimon. The e Rab Shimon, because if this would be following Rab Shimon's opinion, Ha'amar, Rab Shimon's opinion is, and we had this quoted early in the Masechet already, There's no merit that suspends the punishment by drinking the waters of the Saita. No such thing. It always takes effect. So the beginning of the Mishnah is Rab Shimon, and the second point of the Mishnah is not Rab Shimon. Our Mishnah follows Rabbi Kiva's opinion. The Omar, Rabbi Kiva's opinion is, as the Gemara said in the previous daf, like Rabbi Shimon, that first the carbon mincha is brought, and then she drinks from the water, and therefore when she drinks, it has its effect immediately. And regarding this, that the schos will suspend the punishment, and regarding this, he holds like the Rabbana, that the schos will take effect. So the town of our Mishnah is Rabbi Kiva. Then the Mishnah says, 
v'chulu, that they would say that take her immediately out of here because if she begins to, she's going to die. And we don't want her to die over here in this place where she is. Now, where was this, where was this woman standing? She was standing right at the opening of the Azara by the Shar Nikner, as it mentioned already before in one of the Mishnahs in this Mesechta. So she's standing right over there, not even inside the Ezra Sisral, but she's standing at the opening between the Ezra's Nashim, which is really part of the Harabayas, it's not really part of the Azara. And right there at the door, and that's where she begins, her eyes begin bulging and so on. And they say, take her immediately out of here, take her out of the Harabayas. So the Gemara now asks on this, why do they have to take her out of there? My time, and what's the reason? The Dilma Mesa. Because maybe she will die. And we don't want a Mace to be over here in the Ezra's Noshim, which has the status of Harabayas. Now, we know that there's different levels of Machnes that the Pasuk speaks about, that a Tama has to leave. There's Machnes Shechina, which is the area of the base of Mikdash itself. That's in Ezra Sisral, inside the Shar Nikner. Then what's called Machna Levia. This is based on the Eden camping in the Midmah. So in Machna Levia, in Yerushalayim, that corresponds to the Harabayas. And then there's Machna Yisrael, away from the Harabayas. So over here, the area that she was standing is basically Machna Levia. Again, which is the Harabayas, because she was right at the entrance, the doorway, before entering into the Ezra Sisral, but there by the Ezra Snoshim. And from there, we're saying that we must take her out from here. So on this, the Gemara asks, the Memre, shall we say, the mace also be Machna Levia? That a mace is not allowed to be in the Machna Levia in this area, which is categorized as Machna Levia, which is the Harabais. But Vatani, we learned in Abraise, that Tome Mace, Mutalikon is Machna Levia. A Tome Mace is allowed to enter into the Machna Levia, which is the Harabais. Not just not into the area of the Azor itself in the base of Mikdosh. This is not only a person that became Tommy from a maze. Even the maze itself, a dead body, is allowed to be brought there into the place of the Machna Levia, or in this case, the Harabais. As we see, the Pesach says, Moshe carried around the bones of Yosef with him. We learned about this also earlier in the Masechta. And Imai means, in the same Mechitza, with himself, and Moshe Rabbeinu was the Machna Levia. So the question is, why does this woman have to be taken out of this area if the concern is that she may die, but the dead body is allowed to be in the area of the Harabais? Omar Abayas, answers, the concern is something else. She may become a Nida. She may see blood and a Nida is not allowed to be in the Harabais. But now the memory, shall we say, the fear that she has, merafia causes to loosen her, and therefore blood may flow, and she may become a nida. Says the Gemara, in yes, that's the case. It says in the Megillah by Esther, what does vatischalcha mean? She became very afraid. She became a nida. So we see that fear brings her to become loose and to become a nida. That the water, the blood that is flows, and that's what we're concerned about over here. But the Gemara asks in this, we learned in a different Mishnah, it says, that a woman that's afraid, this causes the blood to, to, to be removed, meaning that she will not become a nida in a case where there is blood. So the Gemara answers, it depends on the situation. If this is something where she's in a situation, where a fearful situation, the Gemara there is talking about a, a case of a woman that was captured by thieves, by bandits, and she's in a very fearful condition, and therefore it contracts her system, it, it closes it up, and therefore she may not see blood, even if it would be at the regular time that Anita usually sees blood. 
That's the charade that that Mishnah is speaking about. Biasusa, but a sudden fear that comes upon her, like over here, that this woman drinks the water, and suddenly her eyes begin bulging, a new sudden fear that comes upon her, Merafia. That shocks her, and therefore it loosens her, and she may become an Ida. The Mishnah said, Yesh that they would suspend the punishment and it would be suspended for such a long time, up to three years. Stigma asks in this, according to who is a Mishnah, the length of time of how long the punishment is suspended does not follow any of these three opinions that we will see here in the following Braise. The Tanya will learn in Braise, in Yesh, Lo, Suchos, if she has a schos, how long is it suspended? Three months, the length of time that it takes for a fetus to be recognizable. And it's learned out from the Pasuk, as it will be quoted right here, the nix of an Israel zera, which means the length of time that it takes to see the fetus. That the punishment is suspended for nine months. And how long is that? There's another Pasuk that says, Zera Yavdenu Yusupar, that Zera serves Hashem and says the praise of Hashem. That means Zera Haroyla Saper, that it's suspended as long as the nine months which takes for a child to be born, to be, to be able to praise Hashem. Rabbi Shmuel, Lame Rabbi Shmuel says, Shnei Mosachaydish, it's suspended for 12 months. Even though there's no proof for this, that Hashem suspends a punishment for 12 months, but there is, say, a, a memory, a, a remembrance, or in other words, a hint in the Pasuk for this. The Pasuk says, by Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had a very bad dream that he's going to be punished. And he comes to Daniel to ask him to save him from this bad dream. So, Daniel, that is, tells him, Lehein, Malke, Malke, Yishpar, Aloch, Vachatoich, Bitsidoko, Peroik, Yoravedis. You could redeem through Tzdoke, Vav Yosach, that if you're going to be graceful to the poor, then there'll be length to your peace. Okay, so in other words, Daniel wanted that the Yidin that was suffering then in Golos, and they were begging for food, that Nebuchadnezzar should provide for them. Nebuchadnezzar then went and gave them food, and gave the tzedakah, and what does it say later there? Uksiv kula mata Nebuchadnezzar malke, but in the end, all the punishments that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream came upon him. But when? How long was his punishment suspended? The after 12 months is when he got punished. So we see that the tzedakah, the tzedakah, the tzedakah delayed the punishment for 12 months. So this is, this is the source that Rabbi Shmuel says, is similar by a site, the tzedakah will be tailored for 12 months. What's the Gemara's question? What's the, who, which Tana is our Mishnah that says that the punishment is delayed for 3 months? Really, our Mishnah is following Rabbi Shmuel's opinion that it's 12 months. But for Ashkach Kra, the Omar, the Tani, he finds a, finds a Pasik that he says that, that he learns from it, or the Tani Mitlis, or rather, you, you read over here that this Pasik is saying that yes, it's 12 months, but Hashem waits once 12 months, twice 12 months, and a third time 12 months. The Pasik says, Kayama Hashem al Shloisha Pishe Edei. That Hashem waits three times for Adam that sinned, and only the third time Hashem is punishing them. So therefore we see that if Hashem waits for one sin 12 months, Hashem can wait for three times to sin, which would be three years. And that's what our Mishnah says, that by this woman, the, the punishment is suspended for three years.
Now the Gemara clarifies the term that Rabbi Shmuel used. Why did Rabbi Shmuel say that from the story of Nebuchadnezzar that we suspend for 12 months, there's no proof from here that it's 12 months. And it's only a zeichel adov. It's only a zeichel. It's only a hint. Why? It's a clear raya. It's, it's clear. We see clearly there that it took 12 months. Says the Gemara, the reason why there's no raya is dilma shani oivet kachovim dole mifkad dina alayo. That perhaps we could say that goyim are different. Maybe by a guy, since he's not commanded, so therefore when Hashem punishes them, he doesn't punish them that quickly. But when it comes to a yid which is commanded and he's over and obeyed, he's commanded on, maybe Hashem comes, at least in Olam Haza, Hashem punishes them quickly and therefore wouldn't be suspended for such a long time. So therefore it's not a clear eye from the situation of Nebuchadnezzar to a yid.